Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Here in chapter 2, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. I got my bride with me again today, so we'll have a good time in the Word. Uh, in Colossians 2, um, Paul's going to go into... Um, this idea of being rooted in Christ and making sure we're established in the faith and countering um, other philosophies, other doctrines. And, uh, you know, this really is applicable to, to the cults, to humanism, uh, to worldly thinking. Um, on Sunday nights, I've been talking the last couple of weeks about, about worldlings, Christians that are enamored with the world and lets that kind of form their thought process and, and so forth. And there's going to be some helpful thoughts that we look at today. And, uh, and as believers, we need to really be on guard because um, things sound really good humanistically uh, with our reasoning, with uh, the way we've established things just in American culture even. We, we buy into certain things without stepping back and thinking, wait a minute, is that a biblical train of thought? Is that a biblical way of thinking? And uh, so we'll just kind of take the next couple of verses, uh, Colossians 2. We'll start in verse 4. Remember in verse 2 and verse 3, it talks about being in Christ. And in Christ is uh, hid the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In verse 4, And this I say, lest any man beguile you with enticing words. Um, by the way, how do people get pulled astray? They're enticed. <laughs> They're enticed. Enticing words. Um, it, it sounded like very good reasoning. Um, if it didn't, it wouldn't be a, an issue. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so, uh, you know, you hear reports of, a uh, high percentage of young people when they go off to a secular university, uh, to a, a state college or private college, uh, they get pulled away within the first couple of semesters. Why? Reasoned enticing words. And by the way, that professor has all these letters next to their name. So surely they, they have experience or they, they, they know a few things. And so, so he says, beware, be on guard because there is an enticer. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, I believe it's in James, how every man is drawn away and enticed. Uh, when he's drawn away by his own lust. And, uh, and uh, uh, so, so the enticements, uh, uh, according to that, are connected with certain desires that we have. And so there are certain things that are going to ring true to us that draw us in a certain direction. And so we need to be careful that we're not enticed uh, or, or beguiled. Um, the Bible uses that word as talking about how the devil tricked Eve, beguiled Eve. And what did he use? He used words. Yeah. Well, something you just said, you know, it's um, people will hear something that kind of rings true to them and maybe feeds a, a desire that they've had or um, something that they've, I don't know, wished was true or something. And and then, you know, the devil knows that. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they hear someone kind of give credit to that idea in a in a way that sounds really logical, yeah. really reasonable, maybe even scientific. Um, and, and it kind of, I think kind of scratches an itch and they're like, yeah, 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 that's the way that should be. And then you can usually find a Bible verse to, to back it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And along those lines, be careful who you counsel from, uh, because we like to go, uh, and find people that will agree with us, give us our philosophy, give us the things that we want. And, uh, the Bible says a faithful friend, you know, who can know, who can find out that friend that will even be willing to wound you. Uh, to kind of challenge your thinking, to check you. And uh, we need to be careful that we don't just surround ourselves with, uh, with yes men. <laughs> but um, 
but that we're getting a good balanced approach to, to the scriptures. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. And, and I want to add to that maybe a, a variety of counselors. Now, not variety in the sense of, well, let me get a thought from a Christian. Let me get a thought from a Buddhist. Let me get a thought from an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but that we have the same uh, frame of reference, the Word of God. And so you might have a group of, uh, of, of men and women who, who know the Bible and love God. And there may be some variations, but you're going to find some consistent patterns as it connects to God's Word. Why wouldn't you want to get a variety of opinions like that? Uh, as far as other philosophies mm-hmm. and other things? Uh, because it's a different worldview. It's a different starting point. Now, uh, I don't mind looking into um, into other, you know, what, what, what is their frame of reference? What is their point as we're kind of weighing things out? But the reality is their starting place is different. And I don't, I'm not going to get take advice somebody, from somebody who denies um, the authority, the authenticity of the Word of God, because it's a different starting point. There's a different value system there. There's a different philosophy. And uh, that's the beware and the, 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 the beguiling that could take place from enticing words. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Is there, there's no shortage of opinions out there yeah. Um, yeah. and different ideas and philosophies. Um, in this day and age of social media and everything, it's never been more apparent of the variety of ideas uh, that are out there. Yeah, so you need to start from the the truth and a variety of counsel, all from different perspectives within people who understand the truth. The framework of truth, And yeah. the perspectives would be more of like um, different spiritual gifts, different yes. personality types, different approaches to the truth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so it starts off with this warning, beware. There's, there's, there's a concern that something's coming our way. So then he's going to talk about what roots us, that starting place of truth that we can, uh, that we can rest in. And so he says, uh, verse 5, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joining and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And, uh, and before we go into verse 6, verse 6 is that steadfastness or where it's going to come from. But verse 5, he paints kind of a word picture. These are kind of military terms that, that Paul uses here. And, uh, and he says he's beholding your order. This is kind of a military term of the order of them in rank and file. And uh, the order and the steadfastness, um, the, 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 the putting up a barricade, so to speak. And uh, the word picture that is being portrayed here is the idea of uh, the Roman soldiers, what they would do is in battle, they had their giant shields. And, uh, and the front line especially had more of a rectangular shaped shield. And what they would do is they'd, they'd put them all uh, edge to edge and make this kind of a steel uh, uh, wall, an impenetrable wall, but it only works if they're all in order and steadfast. So they're together. And, and this is the picture that's being painted that Paul is rejoicing in about this church because he said, uh, even from afar, he could tell that they were putting up their shields and they were in order to uh, uh, to, to to battle these philosophies that were going to come in, the things that were going to attack their uh, position in Christ. Remember yesterday we talked about the assurance that they have in acknowledging the truth. And uh, and what, what are the philosophies going to do? They're going to chisel away at those things and get us to question um, our position in Christ. They're going to get us to question uh, the, the, the very foundation of our faith. And uh, so, so awesome word picture there. Let's, let's kind of get into what, uh, what it is that allows that to take place. Verse number, uh, verse number six. As you have received, have you has, have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. 
And so, so as we received him, uh, verse, chapter one, we talked about this, the position he's put us in, being grounded, being, being in this position in Christ, who we are in Christ, and, uh, and that allows us to continue in him. Um, as we've, we've kind of started there, received him, so walk ye in him. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think part of the philosophy of, uh, of many Christians today is, great, uh, he gave me salvation, but now I gotta figure out all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reminded of uh, uh, Joel Osteen put, took a lot of flack in one of his books, uh, Your Best Life Now, because there were no mm-hmm. scripture references in it. He took a lot of flack from Christians. And here's what he said when he was asked about that. He said, you know, the people in my congregation already know the Lord. He said, I'm trying to help them to live their best life now. So they don't need Bible verses for that. (laughs) So, so, well, here's what he was saying, you know, contrary to this verse. He said, they've received Christ, but they're not going to walk in him. They're going to walk in their own, their own wisdom. They're going to walk in their own flesh still. We're supposed to be dead to the flesh. We're supposed to be alive unto Christ. Well, how can I do that apart from the scriptures and, and to know what it says? Another, another thing is, you know, the um, comparison words in there as and so um, you might need to ask yourself, how did, did you receive mm, Christ? Yeah. Um, like yesterday, we were talking about just taking him at his word. If that's the way you receive Christ, uh, trusting him, taking him at his word, so walking in him, take him at his word. And that is the yeah. way that you need to it's walk the in sa- him. It's the same way. And, and, uh, and unfortunately, I think we separate them. By the way, if I'm saved apart from works, I ought to trust him in this life even apart from works. He's going to start developing me as I live by faith. Now, it will produce some activity. It will produce some works. But, uh, but understanding, I'm, I'm, my starting point is faith. Uh, in fact, in Titus, it says, um, for the grace of God, uh, which bringeth salvation. You know, we're saved by grace through faith. The, the same grace that brings salvation, he says, hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So, so we can't separate. We say, oh, I'm saved by grace, but now, now I got to, in my own strength, live it out. Now, he says, the same grace that saved you is the same grace that's going to teach you how to live the Christian life, how to keep going forward, how to, uh, 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 how to bear fruit, how to honor God, how to please Him. Uh, it's by grace. Even, even the works we do is by grace. You see, and, uh, and by the way, if you're, rest, if, if you're doing it by grace, I was talking with, uh, with somebody today about this. If you're, if you're doing it by grace, you're not going to get burned out. You're not going to get worn out. You see, when it's all this works and all trying to, you know, please God who's impossible to please, it gets so heavy and so exhausting, you're going to burn out. But if you're living by grace, hey, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Um, if, if it's heavy, we, we've missed something along the way. And that's, that's the point that I'm trying to make there. Um, it reminds me of the parable Jesus gave about the, the stewards. You know, he gave one, five, one, two, and one, one. And the one with the one, he buried it. And his response to the master when he came back, what did you do with it? Uh, He said, I knew it that thou art an austere man. That means a hard man. You reap where you haven't sown and so forth. And and, and here's his his faulty view of his master kept him from doing anything for the master. And I think sometimes we have a faulty view of God and it's going to keep us from really bearing at least fruit that remains. There may be a temporary uh, from the flesh, but, uh, but, but the flesh does not please God. 
anything in the flesh, good things in the flesh don't please God. It's got to be by faith and, uh, and trusting in his word and trusting in him to enable us. That's what Paul said to the Corinthian church. I love this, this statement he says. He says, I labored more abundantly than you all. <laughs> wow, you know, Paul's bragging here. But, but then he says, yet not I, but it was the grace of God in me. God enabled him, gave him that grace. And uh, as, we, as we live our lives by faith, we look and, and what's going to happen. Not only is God going to make us aware of where we need to go, but, um, but give us the grace that's needed to, to step out into that. You know? Yeah. Sorry. Um, usually when we're talking about worldly philosophies, we're talking about very liberal ideas where anything goes and God doesn't care how you live. Everything is okay. Um, but uh, you're just talking about... Um, um, you know, Jesus said my yoke is easy, and I, I think there can be just as much teaching on, um, you know, that God is kind of an austere master and uh, requiring so much of us all the time and so many rules, and um, when that that could be a philosophy that you mm -hmm. know, is not according to the Bible, also, when um, sometimes you just need to to go back to you know. Uh, being a Christian is not hard. It's it's not a heavy thing. Yeah. Um, yoke is easy. The burden is light. And um, you know, he says, "I've I've shown you what I require of you. You know, to to do, do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with God. Yeah. Uh, just to be faithful." Talks about in the yeah. New Testament. Like Stewards. Like yeah. 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 So yeah. we can go both ways. Yeah, and uh, and and some of those philosophies is a pro improper view of God. Remember the verse I pointed out yesterday in Romans. He says, "Christ." Is the end of the law. Mm -hmm. we're, we're free now. Now we walk by faith. We live by grace, the grace of God that says, "Okay, it's not this list of do's and don'ts. It's it's this. He prides in me and just follow. I'm gonna lay it out. I'm gonna give you the grace. It's He that works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. He gives us the desire that we are ought to do and uh, and the ability to do it. But that only is gonna come." from walking with him. It's not like, well, I've got this desire, so it must be God wanting me to do this, you know? And hey, hold on, the heart is deceitful of all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? But, uh, but, but there's a confidence that comes when I'm walking with the Lord, he gives opportunities and he kind of opens the door and says, here's, here's where I want you to go. And, and I'm looking, even in counsel, I'm, I'm praying, and, and I'm realizing, wow, I think this is the grace of God opening this door, uh, saying, come, come this way, follow me. Um, but uh, but I'll tell you what, if you're not walking with the Lord and, and, and uh, you know, these things, then I'd say, don't trust that. <laughs> if, if we've been, uh, if there's been some um, uh, lack of, 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 of time with God and, and biblical understanding and discernment, uh, I'd say be very careful to step forward in those times. You know, the Bible says if we're a hearer only, but not a doer of the word, the Bible says we're deceiving our own selves. We fall into self-deception. And a big part of that is uh, we've taken in the word, but we haven't acted on it, or we're getting ignorant of the word altogether. We're going to live in self-deception. I think a lot of people today live in that self-deception uh, uh, realm. So let's go on. We're talking about the philosophies that can creep in and beware. We're on guard. And that what is the foundation that's going to keep us? As you've received Christ, walk in him. The same way you received him is the same way we're going to walk. Verse 7, rooted. That's the foundation. Get those roots in deep and built up in him and established in the faith as you've been taught 
abounding therein with thanksgiving. So, so where does this rooting, where is this uh, built up, and where does this established faith come from? As you've been taught. Where, 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 where did I get taught? Where, where do we get taught? How, how, how do I get, first of all, rooted? As far as the, the illustration of, a, of maybe like a tree, uh, the idea is the roots going deep. That foundation, yeah, I'm going to get in the scriptures, but, uh, but, but what's that root? As you receive Christ. I need to make sure I've got a good foundation, a good root, an understanding. Where is, what is my position in Christ? You know, that's what chapter 1 was really all about. Um, getting that good, the good root system. So when the winds come, the philosophies come, we don't fall over, you see. And so, so we have the root then built up. What is that? Everything that's built up, uh, let's keep the tree illustration. The rooting is the below the surface that nobody sees, right? Mm -hmm. so, so in that, we would have that time in the Word being taught. Uh, in that, we'd have our, our prayer. In that, we'd have that secret place uh, where we meet with God and He meets with us. The above the ground, the built up, that's now the externals. Well, what is that? What does that look like? What do you think? I was thinking of spiritual growth. Um. Yeah, it's the outflow. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's, it's, it's what, what he allows you to branch out. And what, is it, what does a healthy tree do? At some point, it's going to start producing fruit. Okay? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and that's what Christ said over and over again. Uh, Here it is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and that your fruit should remain. And so, but that's not going to happen if the root system's not healthy. And it's not going to happen if you're not uh, sprouting up. You know, what happens if you've got a great root system, but nothing comes up? Okay. And uh, by the way, you're not going to. You're not going to have a good root system and nothing comes up. Eventually, something has to start growing from those roots, or it's not a good root system. The roots miss something. So we're rooted, we're built up in him, established in the faith. This is one of the prayers that he had in chapter 1. That they'd be that'd be established, that their faith would continue to grow. As you've been taught, abounding therein. Now here's a key with what? Abounding therein mm -hmm. with thanksgiving. Uh, a grateful Christian. And when we lose that that gratitude with God, uh, I, I I've just I've seen it. I just I, I with 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 other passages when he talks about in the last days, you know, perilous times will come, it has a whole list and it says, and they're unthankful. You know, they love their own selves and there's all these, all these uh, selfish desires. And then it just says, I'm thankful. Uh, Romans 1, when they knew God, they glorified not as God, neither were thankful. Then what happened? They became vain imagination, their foolish heart were darkened, and, and they, this, this drift away from God. And over and over again, uh, here's, here's, here's the thing. It's a strange thing when you're into a Christian that does not have this grateful attitude, an attitude of gratitude. So make sure it's with thanksgiving. Hey, Remembering where we came from, remembering what Christ did for us, how can you not remain thankful? I mean, uh, you know, uh, boy, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this goodness. It keeps that gratitude. So with Thanksgiving, so having this root system and having this grounding, remember what the warning was, beware. So, so he, he says, here's what it's going to look like when there's order and steadfastness. It comes from this uh, being rooted and built up in him. Uh, that will help us to fight. We have another beware here. Verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you, ruin you, through philosophy and vain deceit 
after the tradition of men, after the rudiments, rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Oh, so many Christians fall into this trap. Philosophy, worldly philosophy, vain deceit. The word vain means emptiness, hot air, okay? Uh, this, this deceit with what? With enticing words. It'll pull us away. Uh, and it says, after the tradition of men. Now, tradition of men, I believe, pulls in religion. What do we do? We, we, we tradition, we, we make everything uh, about, well, well, this doesn't look like Christianity. Christianity is this, this, and you know, we have these rules and these traditions we throw at it. Traditions of men, rudiments of the world, worldly thinking and philosophies and, and these things, and not after Christ. So what do we do? Uh, it says in another place that we take every thought into captivity and, uh, to the, and bring it before Christ. Uh, here's the idea. We check everything with Scripture, with the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what are some philosophies, uh, Carrie, that you've seen Christians have fallen into, that fall into this category? Again, we're talking about philosophy, vain deceit, tradition of men, rudiments of this world. You know, um, there's a, the really common ones are, are things like, you know, you just have to follow your heart. You have to do what makes you happy. You deserve this. You need to be happy. Yeah. God wants you to be happy. Um, everything to make you feel better. And, um, you know, everything that God's doing behind the scenes, you might not understand it yet, but he, he's, he's working all of these things to make you happy and he knows what you want and you're getting there. All of your prayers are about to be answered and all your wishes are about to come true. You just have to hold on and God's going to reward you for your perseverance because what he has waiting for you at the end of this trial is all your dreams and wishes. And, um, it's, <laughs> um, I don't know, it's, it's just so backwards and it's it's focused on myself, Very my love for myself and not on my love for God. Yeah, that'd be vain to see. Uh, so happiness versus holiness, mm -hmm. right? Uh, God's concerned with our holiness. By the way, when we choose holiness, we walk in holiness, uh, we will be happy. Blessed is the man. You know, the word blessed means holy, or rather means happy. Blessed is the man that walk, uh, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his law that he meditate there in day and night. And he's going to be like a tree. He's going to produce fruit. And you, you got the, this whole list. But what's happened to that man? He's happy. You know, mm -hmm. he's delighted in it. It's a right. byproduct, yeah, of, of following after him, not the goal. You see, here's what happens. When we fall into these philosophies, God becomes a means to our end rather than the end itself. When God, the glory of God is our end, we have some wonderful byproducts, mm -hmm. happiness, blessings. But when those blessings or those happiness is our goal, then God becomes a genie and a lamp, in our opinion. You know, well, he's there for my happiness. And right now I'm not happy, so God's not doing his job. And uh, so you hear all these stories. Well, I used to be I tried that. <laughs> you know, you never did because uh, you never started right. Starting right is uh, is is that that simply submitting to the righteousness of God as we looked at yesterday. That's the starting right, and then we are built up in the same way. So we fall into happiness versus holiness. Um, uh, you know, he's he's the the. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna give you all these things, you know, uh, those things that they drive me crazy. I got one in my inbox, inbox last week. 
uh, you know, pass this along to 10 people and, uh, and you're going to be blessed. You know, uh, the judgment seat of Christ, God's going to open up a laptop and he's going to look, okay, how many times did you post this? Okay. All right. You're going to get some rewards for that, or you're going to get in, uh, you know, it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, and, uh, but we have, um, believers, they're always passing around these very worldly philosophies that we've Christianized, uh, these memes, and things that Christian that, superstitions. Yeah, and that's what they are. They're, they're superstition that we've brought in. Um, and and let me just say, beware of the spoil you. These enticing words, they're bringing you in. And uh, and I'm telling you, Christians are getting into witchcraft. They are. They're, they're inviting. Uh, they're inviting witchcraft into their homes. Things like Harry Potter. Things like that are involved in the dark realm. Uh, Pokemon. Uh, parents, look into these things. Do some research. So, so, so we fall into these things, these enticing words. They pull us aside and the um, uh, rudeness of this world. And, he said, and the warning is beware. Beware. One of the great per, uh, permeating philosophies today is, uh, is uh, this philosophy of evolution. That, uh, that we're not, uh, um, we're just, you know, this cosmic accident that took place. There is no God. Therefore, live however you want because we're just a bunch of animals anyway. And uh, what is it doing? It's pulling us from Christ. Now, why would that sound appealing? Takes all the pressure off of uh, morality and um, following any expectations that the one that created you might have for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I don't have to answer to God. So my ultimate uh, philosophy for living is hedonism. My own happiness. It's all about my pleasures. It's all about, and so, because I'm a God of my universe, and as God, my desire is is what goes. Or you could make it sound a lot more noble than that and um, do what's best for the planet or the yeah. best for, you know, all, all of nature and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so once again, we fall into Romans 1, uh, elevating, worshiping the creature more than the creator, mm -hmm. you know? The same people that want to save the whales, save the trees, save the rainforest, are the same ones that are okay with, with killing babies who are created in the image of God. And, uh, and you see how the philosophy falls apart so quick. And we, we're, where's the nobility in killing a baby, but saving a baby whale? You see, uh, I can go to prison if I, if I destroy an eagle egg, <laughs> but tax funded, uh, but I can tax fund uh, to pay for the murdering of of a baby of a child. And and we shouldn't be irresponsible with you know. No, absolutely not. Anything. But uh, but our priorities are out of order because of philosophy. It comes mm -hmm. back to this, and so, uh, so so what what helps you to to kind of keep going on between this uh, the the philosophies? Uh, in other words, we talked we talked about the happiness versus holiness. Mm -hmm. Um, what is a what is a motivating factor then to say, well, how do I let go of the pursuit of happiness for the pursuit of God, even if it, if it, if it's not looking as fun, if it's not looking as comfortable, um, and so forth. My love for God has to be so far superior to my love for myself, my love mm. for anything in this world. Why would I deny myself of anything that God's not pleased with? Um, why would I? Why would I follow any of His commandments or um, or teachings at all? Um, it's uh, 
a lot of people might think, well, because it um, it improves my life, you know, um, following God, it's it's really good advice and it gives me a, a great life. And now I'm looking back on myself again. Now I'm, I'm doing it for my own benefit. Um, I think a, a really good filter to, to understand if I'm following a worldly philosophy, um, the devil's influencing in my, in my mind, my thoughts, or if I'm really seeking God, um, seeking his glory is, um, is to ask myself if I were, um, if I were completely pursuing my love for God, if I loved God more than myself or anything else, what would I do? You know, um, would, would I, um, you know, when I have an opportunity to, um, maybe stay in a really difficult situation that really God has put me in, or if I have a, a way out that, um, that may not be following uh, the Bible's teaching, but it's, you know, it, it's a way out and I'm sure God has forgiven me and it's all going to be okay. <laughs> um, the people around me are going to tell me, you know, God just wants you to be happy. You just go ahead and, and do what you need to do. And, um, and God just loves you so much and he has so much for you around the corner, you know, but I think more often than not, God's will for me involves a lot of suffering and trials than peace and happiness. The, the life of peace and happiness waiting for me is in heaven. Yeah. And, and right now, all I have around me are opportunities to earn treasures in heaven by enduring suffering for his sake. Um, you know, and the, and the reality is um, that uh, verse just left me. I was going to share. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to mention First uh, yeah. Peter one uh, seven says that the trial of your faith being more much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he goes on, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though, uh, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And wait a minute, he's talking about trials mm -hmm. being more precious than gold. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember the verse now, um, Paul was kind of encouraging Timothy. He says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, shall suffer. Peter talks about anyone suffer according to the will of God. Uh, there are a lot of these aspects, but uh, you come to the point where uh, this was the qualification for discipleship, for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, it talks about if you hate not your own life, you're not worthy of me. You know, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm self-destructive, but the idea that I'm so passionately in love with my Savior who bled and died for me, did so much for me. Uh, I like that song that we sing, It Will Be Worth It All. When we see Christ, mm -hmm. the trying or, you know, the, the, this trial, though it be for a little while, the Bible says, not worthy to be compared to the to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Uh, it's, you know, we're going to look back and be like, <laughs> what was I so bothered about? This is wonderful. Um, but, uh, you know, it's that pursuing uh, of God that becomes paramount in our life. It's really very simple. You know, uh, somebody asked Jesus, you know, what is the most important thing? 
the most important thing he said was um, to to love God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Um, if you do that, you have taken care of all the law, um, all the commandments that there are. If if you love God more than anything and, and love others as yourself, you're, you're not going to lie, cheat, or steal. You're not going to do all these things that you really don't need a lot of rules and do's and don'ts. You just need to love God more than you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take care of all of those things. And um, when when somebody comes to you with a very enticing idea um, that this you know that goes against what God says, what God wants, um, you're uh, you're not going to get strayed from that. Not because you have the Bible memorized, but because you love God more than you love yourself. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, and like uh, like Jacob when he was uh, serving Laban for Rachel. And uh, uh, he had to work seven years, and then he was deceived by Laban and given the other sister. So he worked another seven, 14 years for the bride that he wanted. And, and, uh, and the Bible says it seemed as though a few days for her. Well, the Bible says that um, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered in the heart of man, uh, the things that God has prepared for them who love him. And uh, that's actually a quote from the Old Testament. And, uh, and, uh, and it carries the idea of those that serve and those that follow because of our love and our, pa our, our passion. You know, there's such going to be such a great reward that, uh, that there is, uh, you know, the, the love really kind of overcomes. Oh, you want me to do that? No problem. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and you kind of see that in other areas too. You know, uh, uh, I love my wife so much when she wants me to run an errand. Like, no problem. Uh, but, you know, and uh, thank you for that. Buddy. If I yeah, if I, <laughs> if I'm bitter against her, do it yourself. <laughs> you know, uh, same thing with a worker and a boss. You know, boy, if your if your desire is to just please him, make him happy, whatever you want me to do. You know, and uh, and uh, it just kind of changes uh, changes the whole mentality. Yeah. So stick it up, yeah. you know, stay faithful and keep serving God and don't take the easy way up because you're going to, you're going to lose out on some potential rewards in heaven yeah. if you take and, that. And I'll be honest with you, and in this life, uh, mm -hmm. he, he keeps us going. He gives us little glimpses of heaven, little blessings here and there along the way. As David said, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. He did not say you were going to be healthy and wealthy. He said you're going to be taken care of. And, uh, and listen, I'd rather, I'd rather live kind of a, a little bit more of a rough and modest life, uh, knowing God's taking care of me, than have all the blessings in this life and suffer in the next, honestly. Um, but, uh, but he is not unfaithful to get, forget your service and your labor of love, which you've shown towards his name. And so I, I hope that was, uh, uh, some food for thought. We're going to get into some more, uh, some more freeing, powerful truths, uh, later on in this chapter. One of my favorite verses where, uh, we're getting near and, uh, it's going to be, uh, I might get a little excited about it, <laughs> but, uh, I sure appreciate you all. And, um, and, uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. Uh, give us some feedback if you if you're enjoying what you're hearing. If you maybe even have some questions or some things you'd like us to discuss, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, and um, but let us let us know you're there. Let us know you're watching, and uh, we want you to know that we are praying for you. The, the needs that have come in, we're uh, bringing before the Lord, and uh, we just we want to be a blessing. And so, thanks for tuning in today, and uh, we'll see you next time.